And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf, but she is under the weather. So guess what? I have my crabby brother, Vince Amari, pitch hitting. In this hour, James Cagney stars on Arch Obler's plays from 1940, but it's time now for Movie Jeopardy. I will play audio clips from popular mob movies, and my brother will try to name the mob movie while you play along at home, right, bro? Exactly. That's how it works, right? Right. Got it. You know, with your voice, you should have been in mob movies. You'd be perfect for. I should have been bad guy. You know, yeah, yeah could have been, been like uh, one of the, you know, the uh, hitmen or something like that. Nah, I got a face for radio, not movies. That's true. I would have to agree with you on that. All right. Um, I predict there's five mob movies. I predict you're going to get all five. That's no how, way. Yeah, that's how. That's how uh, no smart I think you are. Uh, but our uh, listeners at home will play along. All right, here's the, the first clip. It's from a 1995 film. Sammy, listen. This guy obviously doesn't know who he was talking to. You understand? He doesn't know that uh, we're dear friends. I mean, he's already very sorry. But uh, if you could do me a favor, let him back in. I swear to you, he'll never get out of line again. I promise you that. If he does it again, he's out for good. I don't care what it is, Nick. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll never let him in the place again. I'm sorry about this, really. All right, so think up, think long and hard because those two guys have been in a lot of mob movies together. Which one is this? Nineteen ninety-five. I thought it's I thought Goodfellas, but I don't think that was nineteen ninety-five. Mm-hmm. So what do you? Uh, what's your guess? Uh, not a Bronx Tale, is it? Well, you got to. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say a Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale? Yeah. Wow. That is Casino. Oh, that's yeah, Casino. That's right. That's right. Robert when De Niro. the guy was cheating. Yes. The guy was cheating in, at uh, Blackjack. Yeah, Robert De Niro, Sharon <laughs> Stone, and Joe Pesci based on the book Casino, Love and Honor in Las Vegas. Yeah. All right, so you're... I'm Stunad. What can I say? You're 0 for 1, bro. All right. Yeah, right. Here's, uh, here's the second film. 2002. I want you all to meet the sun. A priest Fallon. I took him under my wing. And see how I'm repaid. Saves my life one day so he can kill me the next like a sneak thief. Instead of fighting like a man. A base defiler. Unworthy of a noble name. 
<laughs> no, no idea. You have no I, I don't think I saw that movie. See, I would have guessed that this would be the one he wouldn't have gotten. Really? So. Why? He's. I know he's seen this film for I sure. Know. I don't know. Who's in it? Um, well, I'm not going to tell you. Well, I don't know what it is, so Mark, you can so tell me. You already admit that you have not... Uh, I have, I, didn't I say I have no clue? All right, so that was Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Gangs of New York. Yeah, Gangs of New York. But okay, I did see it. I'm going to have to give you that because... I think 0 for 5 sounds better than no, 5 No, no, no. I can't believe that. I'm I really... think that's worth half a point. No, it's not. No? No, no it's not. I'm, okay. I'm, no, no. I'm tough grader. No. No way. I mean, my brother is really smart. One thing I got to say about my brother, he may have a deep voice and he might be height challenged like me. But he's very, very smart. So I can't give him a. I'm not going to be uh, uh, have any pity on him. <laughs> All no right. pity. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's movie number three. 1983. 1983. All right. Antonio Montana. And you? What you call yourself? Where'd you learn to speak the English, Tony? Uh, in a school. I know what this is. And my father, he was uh, from the United States. Yeah, just like you, you know. He was a Yankee. Uh, he used to take me a lot to the movies, you know. I learned. I watched the guys like uh, Humphrey Bogart, James <laughs> Cagney. They, they teach me to talk. Scarface. Hey! There you go, bro. Our 1983. That was uh, directed by Brian De Palma from a screenplay by Oliver Stone. He wrote Oliver Stone wrote that movie. I didn't well, know that. I didn't either. Al Pacino, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Stephen Bauer. Loosely, yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, loosely based on the 1929 novel of the same name and then a loose remake of the 1932 film. Now, the 1932 film, if I, if I remember, was all about Al Capone, so this was just kind of like inspired by the Al right. Capone movie. Paul Muni was the... Exactly, uh, in, in exactly. Very yeah. good. I said, told you, I told you my brother was smart. I told you my brother was smart. That's right. I watched the Humphrey Bogart, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I... I don't think that's the right accent. No, really? Uh. No. <laughs> Sounded more like uh, the Cisco kid side chat. Uh, hey, side Cisco! Yeah, Pancho. Pancho. Hey, Cisco! Yeah. All right, here's uh, uh, movie number four, 1972. 72. is dead. So is Philip Tatalia. Mo Green. Stracci. Stracci. Cunio. Cunio. Today I settle all family business, so don't tell me you're innocent, Carlo. Mm-mm. Admit what you did. Oh man, that was a that was an intense scene, yeah, huh? Godfather. All right, Godfather, right? Of course. Yeah, there we go. See now you're now you're batting five hundred. So right. you missed the first two, got the next two. So it's all about this. Uh, anyway, The Godfather, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. From a screenplay uh, play by Mario Puzo, and of course Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, James Caan, who hung up on me, and uh, yeah, Robert right. Duvall. Yeah, it's ranked as the second greatest film in American cinema behind what movie? I'm going to say uh, rank number two. Not behind. Citizen Kane. Yep, that's really? what uh, is ranked number one okay. by the American Film Institute. All right, uh, so if you get this right, you will be batting whatever, uh, three, three out of five, 600? Well, he, three out of, three three out out of five. five would be 600, because right. that would be six out of ten. I think you're going to get this one. You are going to get this one. All right. 1990 mob film. It was revenge for Billy Bats and a lot of other things. 
And that's that. And there was nothing that we could do about it. And that was that. Bats was a made man and Tommy wasn't. We had to sit still and take it. Yep, had to sit still and take it, bro. Yeah, they were they were good fellas. They were those, those good guys. fellas. Nineteen ninety, directed by Martin Scorsese, adapted from the nineteen eighty five book called Wise Guy, yeah. and uh, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Lorraine Bracco, nominated for six Academy Awards. Joe Pesci won Best Supporting Actor. So you know what, bro? Six hundred. That's my favorite mob movie. Three out of five. You like it more than The Godfather? I do. Wow. All right. I like Godfather 2 better than 1. Yeah, they're both great. When we come back, it's Arch Obler's play starring James Cagney. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Arch Obler's Plays, a drama series uh, that Arch Obler was really the guiding force of, uh, hence the name in the title. It was considered by many critics to be uh, one of the best literary shows on radio. And uh, Arch Obler was not only the writer, he was the producer, director. And in 1939, NBC offered him this series, uh, mostly dramas and mostly patriotic dramas, starring top stars Ingrid Bergman, Ronald Coleman, Orson Welles, Joan Crawford, Burgess Meredith. Many, many big names appeared uh, on this series, Arch Obler's Plays. It lasted one season, but it was revived five years later on Mutual. Now, this is a very patriotic broadcast, very touching broadcast. Um, it's a dramatization of the um, the superb and very shocking bestseller about about a legless, armless, blind, deaf, and dumb war veteran. Very, very touching story. March 9, 1940, James Cagney stars. Here's part one now of Arch Obler's Plays. Arch Obler's Plays. A story in the night. Tonight, James Cagney and Art Jubler's dramatization of the most talked-of book of the year, Johnny Got His Gun, by Dalton Trumbull. We tell you of Joe Bonham. Twenty-two years ago, he went to war. They carried him back from that war. They carried him back because he had no arms, no legs, no ears with which to hear, no eyes with which to see, no mouth with which to speak. Today, he lies alone in a room in a hospital close to your city. He's living flesh, and he waits. Your world is shut off from Joe Bonham. He has only the world within his own mind. We tell you of Joe Bonham. These are the thoughts of a boy who 22 years ago went to war. Somebody listen to me. I'm talking to you. Somebody listen to me. Gotta talk to somebody. It's dark and lonely. Somebody... No. Going out of my head again. How can you hear what ain't got a tongue? Ain't got a mouth. Ain't got... 
No, won't think of that anymore. Got to think of something here, yeah. something else. If I don't think, my head, yeah, quick, think about when I was a kid. Hey, Joe, come on in, swimming. Yeah, swimming. When I was a kid, I went swimming. Dive in the river, feel the water against my legs and my arms. Now I haven't got any le... No, no, won't think of that. Think about my town. It's the nicest little old place on earth, Shale City. I gotta remember. Hamburger, get your hot hamburger, get your hot hamburger. Yeah, best hamburgers in the world. All right, boy, here's 30 cents. Go down and get three hamburgers. Pa. Oh, they're delicious. If I could only cook like this. Ma, she... No, no, don't think of her. Think about... County Fair. See the lady cut in half the fourth part of a dollar. Oh, second rider, defying death inside a street up and down circular wall. I, 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 I can't remember anymore. I gotta remember. I gotta. If I don't remember things, I'll think. And if I think, no, I gotta remember something, something. Girls, think about girls. Quick, think about girls. Joe. Kareen. Joe, I'm scared. I'm so scared. No. Kiss me. Hold me. We... We shouldn't have turned the lights out. Your old man will be sore. He understands. Your lips. Mm. Don't go. They'll kill you. I gotta go. When you're drafted, you gotta. Oh, Joe. Joe, I don't want you to go. Hold me. Tight. Maybe we'll never get another chance. Now, Joe. In your arms, Joe. In your arms. In your arms. My arms. My arms. What? What? Joe, hold me. Don't go, Johnny, don't. get your gun, get your gun, get your gun. Joe, I'm part of you now. Don't go, Joe. Go, no, no. Hold me, Joe. Hold me. Both your arms tight around me. Both your arms tight around me. Both your arms tied around me. Both your arms. No, no, stop. My arms. I haven't got any arms. <laughs> you hear me, Kareen? I haven't got any arms. <laughs> I haven't got any arms. <sighs> What's the matter with me? I didn't find it out yesterday or the day before. It was 1939, 1938, 1937. A long time ago. Joe. Karine, you're still in my head. I'll tell you, as if you were here. Here's how I found out everything about myself. I woke up like out of a dream. It was like I was, I was in the water. I tried to swim, but I didn't have any arms. I started to kick my legs to float up in the air out of the bed. But I couldn't kick. I didn't have any legs. I threw my head back. I started to yell. I only started. But how can you yell when you haven't got a... I began to reach out, Karine. The only way I could reach out. With the nerves of my skin... The hole in my face. Feel the skin creeping around the edge of it. It went. It went. I was blind. What a lousy dream. Nobody could live like that. 
just dream, and that's all. But it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. Mother, mother, where are you? Hurry, mother, hurry, 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 and wake me up. I'm having a nightmare, mother, where are you? Mother, listen to me. I can't stand it. Mother, please, please, tell me it's not me, not me. Not me, no, no, not me. Oh, please, not me. That's the way I found out a long time ago. Who was I telling that to? Joe. Oh, Kareen. Still in my head. In my heart. Now, now I'll tell you about how I found out about time. About the days. Knowing about the days you're living through, that's important, see? But all I remembered was... Dive in the dugout and then... And that was all. A day in September 1918... And that's all. Time stopped then. Start time over again. But how could I catch hold of time when I was caught inside myself? Vibrations. I had it. When the nurse came into the room, the vibration of her footsteps running up through the floor, through the bed, through the springs of the bed, into me. All I had to do was count the seconds, then the minutes, then the hours between each visit she made until I had 24 hours counted up in my head. And after that, I'd be able to figure the days out just by counting up her visits. One day, the minute the nurse left me, I began to count. One, two, three, Second by second. Four, second five, by second. Six, when seven, I counted 60, eight, that nine, meant a minute ten, as nearly as, as I was able to figure it. 15, but I always lost count. I'd think of something else. Then I'd lose count again. One, two, three. One. Day after day after day, but I could never keep track. I couldn't. I couldn't. And all the time, all the time, the days were running away from me. And then, one day it happened. The skin on the side of my neck, the half of a forehead above the mask. Lying there all the years gone by, I got to thinking that maybe there was some way I could use those pieces of skin. Skin free to the air. They were healthy. I got to thinking what a man did with his skin. To feel with. But that didn't seem enough. To sweat with. Yeah, sweat with. Hot and cold. Sunrise and sunset. Just like that. The idea came into my head just like that. All I had to do was to feel with my skin. When it changed from cool to warm on that little piece of skin, it will be sunrise and the beginning of a day. I got to thinking about the nurse and how many visits she made me each day and when she made them. Yeah, I'd better start with the nurse. She changes the bedding. In a hospital, they, they must change bedding in the morning. Maybe around uh, 8 o'clock. So all I gotta do is wait till she changes the bedclothes. That'll mean it's morning. Then wait, maybe 18, 20 hours, and that'll be next morning. That'll be sunrise. You can feel the heat of sunrise against your skin. Yeah. So I waited until the next time she changed the bedding. She walked away. Calm down. Calm down because you haven't proved anything yet. Calm down and wait and count her visits. Number two. I dozed off and woke. Visit number three. Time got all mixed up. Then four and then... The fifth time. Now all of a sudden, I knew it was happening. 
My heart stopped. My breath stopped. I knew it was happening. Slow at first, crawling along my skin. Warmer and warmer. The rising sun. In my room. In my room. I'd won. I'd won. I'd caught up with time again. The sun. It was dawn. It was dawn for the world and for me. I... I could smell the dawn. Yeah, me without a face lying there. And the smell of the dew on the grass. And me without eyes shading my eyes and seeing the sun coming up over the mountains back home. And the hills going pink and lavender like the inside of a seashell. The sun warming my little piece of skin. And me seeing without eyes the town where I was born. And me without ears hearing the lowing of the cows waiting to be milked. And babies kicking in their cribs and... Rubbing their eyes with their fists. It's sunrise. And I've got it. And now I'll always know when it's sunrise. And they can't take it away from me. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I may never have anything else. But I'll always have dawn. And the morning sunlight. All right, that is the first portion of Johnny Got His Gun, a bestseller by Dalton Trumbo, starring the great James Cagney there. This is Arch Obler's plays, March 9th, 1940, going way back, bro, to 1940. My uh, crabby brother Vince is my co-host tonight, Lisa Wolf, under the weather, but I'm sure she's listening to the show. So, hi, Lisa, get well soon. Hi, Lisa. Yeah, get well soon. Get well soon. Yep, and um, we'll be here for um, five straight hours. And if your radio station doesn't carry the full five hours, please go to our website, hollywood360radio.com, and sign up for the podcast. We will send you the full show, the full five-hour show every Monday, along with Radio Rarities, uh, the new podcast that Lisa and I are co-hosting. And uh, you'll never miss a single moment of Hollywood 360 when you sign up to the podcast, Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is how you can sign up. And don't forget, you not only get the five hours, but you'll also get radio rarities each and every week. All right, when we come back here on Hollywood 360, we'll have the conclusion to Johnny Got His Gun, starring James Cagney on Arch Obler's Plays. So stick around. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 
Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This is Hollywood 360 across more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We're also heard all over the world, 168 countries on American Forces Radio. So however you're listening to us, whether it's uh, off your uh, local radio station or maybe uh, even on the Internet, you know, or on Armed Forces Radio, we appreciate you tuning in. Lisa Wolf, my co-host, is out under the weather this week. She'll be back next week for sure, she said. My crabby brother Vince is here. I'm very grateful to my uh, bro for coming and doing the show. Hey, no problem. Good to see you, my friend, as they say. And you know what? He had a birthday, Mike. He had a birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. He's uh, we all have birthdays. 25? This is true. 25, 26? <clears throat> well, people ask me, and I'm like, well, let's see. My son's 41. Yeah. I had him when I was nine, so I'm 50. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, he just had a birthday, my uh, my brother. Um, happy birthday, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, before we get back to uh, our Chobler's Place, I want to make um, sure everyone has um, a chance to check out the Mies Meals website because every single week they have new meals for you to choose from. MiesMeals.com, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. And uh, I, of course, order every single week. So does Lisa. So does Mike. And my brother does, too. My brother loves me's meals. Oh, they're great. And Easy. If, if Yeah, super easy. If you go to their website, you'll see what they have this week. And every week, it's new meals up there. And it's super, super easy. You order what you want. You don't have to sign up to any kind of subscription. You just go to meesmeals.com, order their food, and it comes to you uh, all uh, chopped prepped, ready to go. It's in uh, dry ice, so it's absolutely fresh. Everything is prepared and ready to go. All you have to do is cook it, and it takes about 15 minutes to do that, and it's on your table, and it is absolutely unbelievable. Every single week, um, I I just love my Mies Meals. It's like my highlight of the week. It's better than going out. It's less expensive, of course, and the food is amazing. Mike, what did you have last week? I had um, I had ch- I had a chicken cordon bleu. I can't remember. It's it's got to be. It, I think it was a shrimp dish. Oh yeah, actually. yeah. You had some kind of shrimp and a casserole or something like that. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I had, and I'm going to say it again, very French. What chicken cordon bleu? It was very, very good. You know what? I really like the variety they have because yeah. I don't think I've ordered the same thing in a while, like, or even if I have. It's been, it's, I think, a year we've been ordering Mies meals each and every week, Lisa as well. And, you know, Lisa's very, very picky when it comes to food. Oh, my gosh. You know, because we've all been out, and you see how she's like, I want it this way, but then don't make sure. And then you got to add it, but then I don't want any of this in it. You know right, you know how she is, right, right? Right. And Dan, he's so patient. Her husband, he just sits there with, with a smile on his face. And then he'll be just like, yeah, just give me the, you know, the whatever. Give me the number one. And she's like, I want this, but I don't want this. So she's very picky, and 
she is every week. She's like, how much did you love your Mies meals? this week? We talk about it during the week. It's amazing. We also post um, video of the uh, preparation and, and, uh, and on our tables. So if you want to do that, go to Facebook and search Hollywood 360 radio. You will see uh, all of our videos. We post them every single week. Um, check it out, folks. Go to Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com. And because you are a Hollywood 360 listener, you will receive a 50% discount on your first order by entering the promo code CARL at checkout. So order Mies Meals, get 50% off, promo code CARL at checkout, and I know you will absolutely love it. All right, we're listening to Arch Obler's Plays, March 9th, 1940, Johnny Got His Gun, starring James Cagney. Here's the conclusion. A year went by fast. I was a busy guy. I learned a lot. Yeah, could even tell my nurses apart. The day nurse always walked to the bed with four steps. She was always the same, but the night nurses seemed to change. One of them... (sighs) Must have cried when she looked at me. I felt her tears wet on me. I like to think she was young and beautiful. But every night, summer and winter, week in and week out, month in and month out, every night I was with you, Karine. With you, darling. My arms around you, yours around me. With you, Karine. Joe, my darling. Close to you. My dearest. My arms around you. My lover. And yours around me. Mine. With you, Karine. Oh, Joe. Joe. Two years went by after I discovered time. Three years went by after I discovered time. The fourth year started awfully slow. One day I felt vibrations. Vibrations heavier and heavier, and then they stopped. They... I knew they were standing around the bed. After all these years, visitors. And all at once, crazy thoughts went through my head. It may be your mother. No. Karine. No, no, not Karine. Not Karine standing by my bed. You can't see me. Not this way. Not you, Karine. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go away. Go away. Then a hand came to rest on my forehead. A man's hand. Doctors. Yes. Maybe doctors come to examine me. Somebody was touching at my nightshade over my left breast. The cloth fell back against my chest again. It was heavy now, weighed down by something. Medal. They'd given me a medal. Me, a medal. Me, a medal. Me! The generals were here. Around my bed, the generals, the big guys, the famous guys who still had arms and legs and could still see and talk and smell and taste. In my throat, I felt a tearing of something that used to be a voice. I was talking to them, and they couldn't hear me. I was saying, listen, big guys, I'm lying here like a side of beef, and for what? War, we're going to war. Yeah, someone said that, so I went. But why? Why? Somebody just said... Let's go out and fight for liberty. Liberty? What kind of liberty? How much liberty and whose idea of liberty? A guy says, come on, let's fight for liberty. And he can't show you liberty. If you're going to die for liberty, you've got to know in advance what liberty is and whose idea of liberty they're talking about and 
just how much of that liberty we're going to have. Maybe that's a bad way to think. The big guys say it's bad. And I heard them. In the schools and the newspapers and the legislature and the congresses. That's their business. They sound wonderful. This ground is sanctified by blood. They shall not have died in vain. Our noble dead. But I'm asking you, big guys, what do the dead say? Did any one of them ever come back and say... I'm glad I'm dead because death is always better than dishonor. Did they say... I'm glad I died to make the world safe for democracy. Nobody but the dead know whether all these things people talk about are worth dying for or not. And the dead can't talk. So the words about noble death and sacred blood and honor and such are all put into dead lips by those that got no right to speak for the dead. I'm asking you, big guys, how did they feel about it just before they died? Did all those guys die thinking of democracy and freedom and liberty and honor? You know they didn't. They died crying in their minds like little kids. They died crying for the face of a friend. They died crying for the voice of a mother or father or wife or baby. They died moaning and crying for life. I know. I'm the nearest thing to a dead man on earth. There's nothing bigger than life. What's noble about having your legs and arms blown off? What's noble about being blind and deaf and dumb? I'm dead, big guys, and I died for nothing. You hear me? Nothing, nothing. You hear me, big guys? They didn't hear me. Just as you couldn't hear me, Kareem, if you were standing next to me. All the generals heard was the blowing of the air and the tube in my throat. When I heard the vibrations of the footsteps that said they were going, I began to think. The vibrations. Up to now, I thought only of the vibrations coming to me. How about making my vibrations go to them? Yes, vibrations to them. A footstep on the floor is a kind of vibration. The tap of a telegraph key is another kind. I had it. I had it. When I was a kid, Bill Harper and me, we, we had a telegraph set. Used to telegraph to each other. Dot, dash, dot, dash, dot, dash, dot. I remember the code, the Morse code. All I had to do to break through to Pete, to the people outside, was to lie in bed and dot, dash to the nurse. I could give messages and receive messages. I raised my head from my pillow. I dropped it. Then I did it twice quickly. That was it. With my head, raised my head, let it fall on the pillar. The Morse code. S-O-S, help. I tapped it out of my pillow with my head. S-O-S, all over the world. That meant help. S-O-S, help, help. Then the door of the room jarred open and... And the nurse's footsteps came up to the bed. S-O-S. S-O-S. Over and over again. She was looking at me. I knew it. I knew it. S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. Oh, why can't you understand? S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. Help my head full of it, tapping it out with my head over and over, over and over, couldn't stop. Why won't they hear me? Why won't they understand? Why won't they hear me? Karine, why? No, there isn't any Karine. 
There isn't nothing. I've been talking in my head. There's nothing for me. Nothing. S.O.S. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. I don't know what year it is. I've been tapping for years and years and nobody hears me. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Someone's come into the room. Footstep light. My regular day nurse. Hers are heavy. Who's this one? Start tapping now. What? What does this one do? Open the nightshirt. She's moving the tip of her finger against my skin. Huh? Drawing something. Huh? I know. The letter M. I know. Shake, shake my head. Yes, yes, I know, I know. I understand. It's M, M, wonderful M. Writing something else on my skin. E. Yes, yes, I got that. R, yes. Another R, yes. Now what? Why? Nothing more. M-E-R-R-Y. Mary. Writing again. C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, nurse, I understand. Nodding my head to tell you I understand. I can't say it so you can hear me, but... In my heart, I'm saying it. Merry Christmas, nurse. God bless you. Bells in my town. I'm hearing them in my head, nurse. It was the night before Christmas. Mother. And all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Mother, I hear the you. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in a hope that St. Nicholas still would be there. Every Christmas Eve, I remember. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they all flew like down from a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas, Mother. Nurse. New nurse. Smart nurse. She'll pay attention to me. Old nurse didn't understand. New nurse, you've got to understand. Tabin, I'll start. There, nurse. I did it. Did you understand it? Three, two, and three. S-O-S. Did you understand it? I'll do it again. Morse code. You understand? Morse code. Watch, nurse. Watch. If I had a tongue, if I had a mouth, I'd yell it at you. I'd scream it at you. But I have nothing but the tapping of my head. So watch, nurse, watch. If you turn and walk out of the room and never come back, you'll be carrying my life with you. Your life and death to me, nurse. Look, I'll, I'll tap it again. See? S-O-S. Help me. S-O-S. Oh, I'll do it again. I'm praying now, nurse. Me, just an ordinary guy, I'm praying. Oh, please, God, make her understand what I'm trying to tell her. Please, God, make her understand. I know you're a busy guy. I know there are millions of people trained, playing, praying to you every minute. I know all these things, God, and, and I don't blame you for getting behind in your orders. Nobody's perfect, but what I want is such a little thing. All I want you to do is to take a tiny little idea that's in my mind and put it in her mind two, maybe three feet away. That's all I want, God. 
Just a little idea that's in my mind and put it in her mind. It's such a little thing, God. Such a little thing. She's going away. She's gone out of the room. No, no, can't be true. Can't shove me down under the ground again, bury me deep again. No, no, I won't believe it, I won't. I won't start crying now. She'll come back. She's my life. She's my chance at life. She will come back. She will, she will, she will. Door. She's back. Brought someone with her. Man's finger on my head. Finger tapping on my head. Tapping out W. H. Tapping out the code on my head. A. T. W. H. A. T. What? D. O. Y. O. U. Y. O. U. U. W. A. N. T. W. A. N. T. What do you want? What? Do I want? What do I want? What do I want? I want to get out. Let me out. That's all I want. I've been lying here for years and years in a room in a bed with a, a little covering of skin. Now I want out. I've got to get out. If I had legs, I could run away. I could get away. I could, I could get out into the open where there's air, where there's room, where, where I'm not in a hole and smothering. Inside me, I scream and howl and push and fight room and air. For escape from the smothering, from the loneliness. Let me out of here. And take me back into the world. No. I didn't tap that out. What I just said, I only was thinking. Won't say it to you waiting up there, no. Before I ask you up there, before I tap it out with my head, I've got to think out just what I'm going to tell you. It may be my last chance. Hmm. I've got it. I've got it. Listen, you up there. I'm tapping it out with my head. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. Let me out. I can earn my keep. I can do a job like anyone else. Take me out of here and build a glass case for, for me so people can see me. Take me in my glass case to the beaches, to the county fairs and the church bazaars and the circuses and the traveling carnivals. You'll do a wonderful business with me, and I could pay you for the trouble. They've never seen nothing like me. I'm something you can really holler about. I'm the dead man who's alive. The live man who's dead. I'm the man who made the world safe for democracy. Take me into the places where men work and make things. Take me there and say, boys, here's a cheap way to get by. Maybe times are bad and your salaries are low. Don't worry, boys, because you'll have your chance. There'll be another war along pretty soon, and then maybe you'll be lucky like me. Take me into the schoolhouses, all the schoolhouses in the world. They'll scream at first and have nightmares at night, but they'll get used to it because they've got to get used to it. And it's best to start them young. Take me into the colleges and universities and academies and convents. Call the girls together, all the healthy, beautiful young girls. Point to me and say, girls, here is your father. Look, girls, here is your lover. Call all the young men together and say, here is your brother, here is your best friend, and here are you, young men. Take me wherever there are parliaments and diets and congresses and chambers of statesmen. I want to be there when they talk about honor and justice and making the world safe. 
put my glass case upon the speaker's desk, and every time the gavel drops, let me feel its vibration through my little glass case. Then let them draft notes and ultimatums and protests and accusations. But before they vote on them, before they give the order for all the little guys to start killing each other, let the main guy wrap his gavel on my case and point down at me and say, Gentlemen, here is the only issue before this house, and that is, are you for this thing here, or are you against it? And if they are against it, then let them stand up like men and vote. And if they are for it, let them be hanged and drawn and quartered and paraded through the streets and thrown out into the, into the fields where no clean animal will touch them. And may no green thing ever grow where they rot. Take me into your churches, your great towering cathedrals, which have to be rebuilt every 50 years because they are destroyed by war. Carry me in my glass box down the aisles where kings and priests and brides and children at their confirmations have gone so many times before to kiss a splinter of wood from a true cross on which was nailed the body of a man who was lucky enough to die. Set me high on your altars and call on God to look down upon his murderous little children, his dearly beloved little children. Then bring in the fierce ones, the spawners of hate, the inventors of slogans, Bring them in and make them look at me. And then dare them, dare them to break the peace. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have brought you James Cagney playing the leading role in Dalton Trumbo's memorable novel of the year, Johnny Got His Gun. The book was dramatized for radio by Arch Obler. The musical score was written, conducted by Gordon Jenkins. Mr. Cagney can now be seen in the Warner Brothers picture, The Fighting 69th, and in the forthcoming production, Torrid Zone. In preparation is City of Conquest. The book, Johnny Got His Gun, is the prize-winning novel by Dalton Trumbo. All of us want to thank Mr. Cagney and Mr. Trumbo for their great contribution to this program. Next week, it is our pleasure to present an actor known and respected by all of us, Mr. Ronald Coleman, in an unusual play, The Most Dangerous Game. Next week, then, Mr. Ronald Coleman. Arch Obler's plays are a presentation of the National Broadcasting Company. Tonight's play came to you from Hollywood's Radio City. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's Arch Obler's plays, Johnny Got His Gun, starring James Cagney. Hope you enjoyed that uh, from March 9th, 1940. Take a quick break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's Groucho Marx. He's the star of You Bet Your Life from 1955. We'll also play Beat the Host. And who doesn't want to play Beat the Host with my brother here? Oh, come on. You want to play out there in Radio Land? 
Be the seventh caller, 312-642-5600. Beat the Host is all about Elvis Presley songs. Uh, what do you think of that, bro? I like Elvis. That's for sure. Saw him live. Has he left the building yet? He just left the building. All right, so... I saw him at the gas station. 312-642-5600. Call now. We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.